Hi, thanks for checking out this message from our River Valley Church family here in Boise, Idaho. We hope that it encourages and inspires you. For more messages, be sure to check out our other podcasts. For more content from River Valley, go to our website, rivervalleyboise.com. Enjoy this message. Good morning. Woo! Let's go, River Valley. Come on. How we doing? Everybody's good? Oh, man. This is going to be fun today. It's been a minute since I've been up here. Half of you probably have no idea who I am, except for the dude that hits the drums way too hard. Um, but my name is Chris Odegaard, and I'm the youth pastor here at River Valley. been here for 23 years at this church. I've been youth pastoring for 20 years, and this is my last year. Everybody say, yes! Hallelujah. Uh, we are in a, a series called DNA, Our Core Values, um, and it's been amazing. I don't know about you guys. I, I went back and I listened to Emily's this week. Uh, I was hunting, and Tim, were, we were hiking. We were carrying our bows. We were hiking. Uh, but I went back and I listened this week, and she did an amazing job. I, I almost texted Pastor Tim to ask him if we could just play hers and put a new banner over and say, uh, we defend unity, and we'll just play her love message again because it was so good and was so applicable to us. And if we just did what she preached on, we'd be in unity, right? Because we'd be loving each other the way that we're supposed to love each other. So um, unfortunately, God had different plans, I think. Um, but one of the things that she did before we move on, she told some jokes. And so, of course, I'm thinking, I need to tell some jokes. I live with a very wise woman. It's my wife, Carrie. Uh, she told me, you need to get some new jokes. You're not funny. And you've told the same jokes over and over and over. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do what I love to do. And if you know me at all, you know that I love to do almost what more than anything? Yes. But I love to give. I love to give things away. I love to buy people meals. I love to... Yes, come on. Anybody love to receive? Do you guys know that to, for somebody to have the gift of giving, somebody else has to have the gift of receiving, Amen. right? Do I have any receivers in the house of the Lord today? Yeah. All right. I'm going to find, see, I'm a youth pastor. I tell you, we're just going to have some fun today. We're going to enjoy it. It's going to be a little different. Do you guys know, uh, if you don't know now, wait till the end. I don't want to blow the whole story here, but uh, we all bring something a little different to, to the body of Christ, yeah? So I, I don't know if you've noticed the difference of Tim and I. I would have him stand up next to me, and we could show some differences pretty quick. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed a little difference of Zach and I, or Zach and Tim. I'm going to throw in Pastor Rod. We're a little different. We all bring something a little different. Um, and, and my testimony today, because that's more than what this is, this is less less preaching at you and more testimony and then hopefully encouraging you in what the Lord has shown me. Um, but one of those things is, is, is me just being all right with who I am, bringing the gift that I have, right? So I am going to test you, though. We're going to see if you're better than youth. And the test is this. I'm going to ask a couple questions. And you cannot shout out the answer. You have to raise your hand. <laughs> Says the youth group. All right. Uh, and, and 
And, and here's the deal. I try to teach the youth too, right? Raising a hand is not this. Elbow, elbow above ear for me to see it, right? So, uh, so I have a couple questions. Number one, and I kind of just gave it away. Number one. Anybody like Chick-fil-A, for, by the way? Chick-fil-A? Everybody's raising their hand. All right. Uh, we got Chick-fil-A. All right. Uh, says youth in the back. All right. Um, number one, Emily's topic or her core value was what? Yes, in the back. Love. Awesome. Okay, watch your eyes. No, I'm not going to. Thank you. Make sure she gives it to her. I don't trust it. All right. Awesome. Come on, give it up. She got the card. That's great. All right. Sorry to have some fun. Here we go. Uh, number two, Pastor Tim spoke on uh, worship. And there's a tagline that we have with every chord. Can somebody tell me the tagline of we worship the king? And then there's a tagline to it. Anybody remember, and you can't be in one. Sorry. Rod. That is incorrect. Everybody boo Rod. No, I'm just kidding. Don't boo him. Don't boo him. Don't boo him. You can't be in youth group. Tonight. All right. Naya. No. All right. Mark, hey, write this down. All these people who want. Eve. He is worth. Give it up for the Odegaard in the house. Yes. He is worthy. We worship the king. He is worthy. Awesome. Sorry, Rod. I don't mean to point you out here. Did I mention, did I mention Pastor Rod? Woo. All right. Here we go. Uh, number three. This is way non-spiritual. This will be better for the rest of you guys. Uh, We've, we've worked on this, but we can't, we can't, uh, what's the word? We can't rebuke it out of him. We can't cast it out of him. But Pastor Zach has a favorite fo- football team. Does anybody remember what that is? Oh, okay, I got to pick somebody else. All right, here we go. Raiders. Raiders. All right, all right. We're going to keep praying. Everybody, can we agree? Let's stand and pray for Zach. All right, this one, this one you can shout out. You don't have to raise your hand. Who now is your favorite preacher up here? Yes! You bunch of suck-ups. I'm not giving you anything. All right. I got you. All right, here we go. Uh, We defend unity as the topic today. Would you just do me a favor? Stand up with me. We're going to pray one more time. You don't have to stand up if you're pregnant. There's one out. All right. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. I don't know if you could feel something. I, 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 this has been such a roller coaster over the last few weeks. I'm so glad that it's finally here. But I'm glad that you're here with me. And I'm glad that I'm here with you because I believe that today is a timely message for the church and River Valley. So God, we just humbly come to you. Lord, we say, have your way today. Speak to us. God, speak to this church. Speak to your body. God, we pray for just a move, God, a move that we see happening, Lord, we pray that it would, it would happen to completion, God, and that it would spur the return of Jesus. Lord, we're excited to see you, Lord. We're excited to see you, God. Come quickly, Jesus. Open our hearts. Open our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, my goodness. I got to tell you guys something. I printed this out. There's 14 pages. Luckily for you, you could probably read the font from where you're sitting, because I'm at that age, I can't read anything anymore, so it's probably actually going to go faster than I think, but um, today we're going to talk on unity. Core value today is we defend unity. We defend unity. 
and we won't be distracted by anything else. That's not what it reads, but in my verbiage. We just won't get distracted. And I, I just want to start with a little bit of a testimony. I want to, I want to tell you who I am, because I, I really don't think most of you guys actually know me. I haven't talked up here for a long time, but I'm, I'm born and raised in California. Don't boo. Uh, I graduated high school in 93. I accepted Jesus into my life in 1986. Raise your hand if you were born after 1986. Oh. Oh, wow. Miss <laughs> Terrible. All right. Uh, I was filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized, marked for eternity. My name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Uh, and then I continued it into my teenage years. I don't know about you guys. I lived an incredibly selfish, teeter-totter type of teenage years. You try to say that six times fast, right? Uh, back and forth. And what I developed in those years is I loved God. I loved to worship. You put me in a worship setting, I will melt. Play a Carmen song, I will melt. That tells you that I am saved deep. If Carmen makes you cry, you're a believer in Jesus. If he doesn't, you need some work. Let the Holy Spirit work. Half of you don't know who Carmen is, which is, or Carmen is, which is real, a travesty. But, but I started to develop some bad things, some bad habits in my walk with the Lord. And uh, I, I call it my, my sin and I'm sorry. I'm sin and I'm sorry. I'm sin and I'm sorry. Sin and I'm sorry. Sin and I'm sorry. For years and years, and I began to develop this. And, and I would just live my life, and I would, I, would, I would live very selfishly, pursuing my own desires, pursuing... Anybody with me? Like, okay. Those are just teenage years, though. That was, that was great, right? That stops after you're a teenager. Uh, but, I, but I developed something where I would, I would live for camp meeting. Our teens would live for winter retreat, right? Like these moments where we just get to separate from real life, from real temptations. And then I'd go to camp meeting, and I'd experience God, and I would have this massive I'm sorry moment. And I'm not even going to call it repentance yet because there was no change but I'm sorry, right? And then about mid-teenage years, I started to develop a couple things. You know, like I was a really awkward teenager. I was very annoying. Even my own parents, shout out to mom and dad watching, and my sister, Sonia. Uh, I was really annoying. Some might say I still am, but I think I've changed and matured. But, uh, but I was very awkward. I was trying to find my place. I was the younger of all the neighborhood kids, beat up a lot, bullied a lot, um, like I can tell you some stories that would make you cringe, but uh, I will just say this: I was shot multiple times with a BB gun. It was like those types of things. Like I got stories. Uh, I think I've told this this one. I'm just going to share this one real quick. I was one of, one of the things I had to do was hang from a tree because I was getting trained to get more strong and physical. While my buddy threw a basketball at my at my abs to make me stronger, his aim was really bad. I fell from the tree, but that's the kind of stuff I lived through. But I started developing this uh, very, 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 very strong insecurity. And then what I started to do is compare. Everybody said comparison. Comparison. My, my favorite definition of comparison basically is that uh, the best way to kill something good is to compare it to something else. Let's say that again for you because note takers, you write this down. The best way to kill something good is to compare it to something else. 
And this is how I started living my life. As I started comparing, taking my eyes off of Jesus, the Savior of my life, my Redeemer, the one who gives me hope, the one who gives me identity. And I began to, I began to put it on myself and the people around me. And here's what this produces. Pride. And pride in my life manifested itself in two major areas. And that was, uh, I'm better than you or I'm worse than you. And this is how I began to every day process through life. And I found my value in being what? Better than others. And do you know how you do that? You know how you accomplish that? You personally tear them down. It doesn't matter what they do. It doesn't matter what giftings they have. It doesn't matter if they, what they do. You just tear it down. You make people the butt of your jokes. You begin to verbally tear them down. You begin to mentally tear them down. Even if they're the most amazing, loving person in the world who's never done a thing to you, you can justify in your heart as you begin to prepare, uh, compare yourself to them how you're better than them. And all this is doing really is destroying yourself, right? So this, is, this has been my journal through, uh, journey through my teenage years into my 20s. Uh, I talk about heritage. I love uh, Mark. Thank you for sharing that this morning. Uh, there's a heritage in my family as well. My, both my grandparents or grandpas were both pastors. I had three uncles that are pastors. My dad is a pastor, currently a pastor. And talk about heritage, lineage, right? And so even at a young age, I began to feel kind of a draw towards ministry. And I don't know how much of that was just me looking at, at my idol, right? My dad, someone I wanted to be like as a young man. And, and you watch, and you watch the integrity, you watch the character, and you're like, yeah, I want to I be like that. But then even... even uh, words from the prophetic coming outwards, people who didn't know me began to sow the seed of, of, of ministry, an opportunity to help other people in their journey to follow Jesus. And, and so when, when those two things started to butt heads, it became very difficult, right? Because I have this, in one hand, I have a calling from the Lord. I have a gifting that I feel he's deposited into my life. And on this other hand, I have this whole insecure comparison complex going on. And it's hard to minister and uplift others when you're constantly comparing yourself to them. And I would begin to look at the leaders around my life. This is about the time that we started coming to church here. I would look at the leaders in my life at the time. Big one was Pastor Tim and Brent, two good close friends. But I began to compare myself to them, that they were the model in which I needed to live. And I took my eyes off of Jesus and put it on men. I just continued that pattern of my life, right? And so this is just something that, has, that God has dealt with me on and has, I, I feel like, brought a lot of freedom to where, you know, I'm 48 years old. We've gone through 23 years here of discipleship and mentoring and, and a whole lot of, uh, of tears and, and repentance and real change in my life. And I've, I feel like I've broken in a lot of ways this sin and sorry deal in my life, but there's still some things going on there that, that I haven't really quite finished yet, and so I'm trying to figure out how do I pastor and how do I live an imperfect life, but yet still lead people and not compare myself to them, but lift them up, and anybody with me like today, like, this is hard. You think following Jesus is difficult. It, it is, especially when you take your eyes off of him, especially when you put it on to other people that are around you. And I'm, my hope is here today that as we, we get into the word a little bit, you begin to understand, and I, and I want you, if you're a note taker, I want you to write this down because uh, it's not even in my notes, but I just feel like this is it. The value you carry, 
the value you carry here in this building, in this church, in this body, and even bigger within the body of Christ and in the world that you live in is so much greater to you personally than the person sitting next to you. Because you can't spend an ounce of their value. You have to cherish and use what God gave you. Nobody else can use it for you. It reminds me real quick of the, the, the parable of the talents. You can only do with what you've been given. Nobody can do it for you, and you can't spend anybody else's. So the value you have right now, this is what I want you to take away. You have something so valuable, and we're going to get into the Word. We're going to see this, but I, I just want to, I want to plant that seed here real quick. You have amazing value. You have amazing value. I think you just need to take a second and say, I have amazing value. Say it with me. Says the youth group in the back. All right. I do terrible with notes. It's really challenging because I want to speak from my heart and I just feel like this, this is just going to be kind of a making sure I'm staying in line with what, what I feel God has given me. So um, there's a lot of different topics or a lot of different ways we can look at today's topic. Defending unity. I, I don't know about you guys. My first, when I started thinking about this, my first way of thinking about defending unity is I instantly go into warfare, right? Okay, who do we need to identify and kick out? <laughs> They're trouble. Right? Like, that's my mindset. And, can I just say the word says, <laughs> right? Titus, Romans, they both say, hey, be watchful. Be aware. Watch for wolves in sheep's clothing coming in with false doctrine coming in to, to divide. And here's what it says. It says, have nothing to do with them. So we can preach there. We can, we can let the Holy Spirit go. We can eliminate some people from the church today. I don't feel that's the word. I want to refer back to Emily's message. We're going to love. We're going to be patient. We're going to be long-suffering. Today what I want to do is I want to identify, and I want to share with you what God did in my heart over the last couple of weeks. I want to share, I got some scripture to go through. I feel like there's two, I only have two scriptures, but they're long. And I thought about Moses, and I thought about the Old Testament, I think it was Ezekiel, where all of the congregation would stand. And when I say congregation, I'm talking like the three million people would stand as he read five books. I only have like 40 verses. So I think it's okay today. We can, we can withstand some, can you guys withstand some scripture reading today? Okay, it's going to be good, especially if you receive it today. Um. But today I want to talk about guarding with the same warfare, with that same war mentality, the precious gift you've been given. We're going to be in two scriptures if you want to write these down, Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12. Any Seahawk fans? Come on. Seahawks fans, anybody? Any Holy Ghost spirit filled? Yes, all right. What, what is significant about 12 in the Seahawks? 12 fan, 
you get a gift card. Come on. Why? Because, yeah, because the Lord loves you and the Seahawks. All right. Um, 12, right? So the Seahawks have this, they fly a flag every, every week, every home game. They fly up this flag. It's 12. And the importance of the 12 is that the crowd is just as important as the team to accomplish the mission and win the game, right? And I feel like, like I, I don't know why, but once again, Mark was saying numbers are significance. So we're going to talk about 12 today. We're going to talk about the role of the whole. The unity, that's just Holy Ghost. It wasn't even me. That's not even in my notes, but when you're inspired, you're inspired. Here we go, right? The role of the body, right? So, so the significance of this, and we're going to get into this a little bit. Um, as I began to prepare for this, I naturally went to the first resource that you go to for preaching a sermon. I went to YouTube, and, and I had this really, really interesting experience. I have no idea what time I started, but there's a buzzer, apparently, that's going to go off at 30 minutes, and uh, I'm going to get hooked. But um, I went to YouTube, and I began, I wasn't even watching videos. You guys have to understand this. I'm just scrolling, just scrolling, looking at things. I think maybe typed in Unity, maybe. I don't even think I even got that far, but I'm just scrolling, and I see visually the pictures. Anybody been on, everybody's been on YouTube, like, we're all addicted to stuff. But I just started scrolling, but I started seeing all these pictures of preachers, different preachers. You know, you got your Stephen Furtick's and others. I can't think of any other names. Okay. Right? But I just started going through these names, scrolling through, and I'm seeing face after face after face. And I'm seeing some political things. Uh, I'm seeing some sports things. All of a sudden, I see the River Valley one. It's on there. Like, true story. And I, I, it's like I put on... Uh, a cloak of fear, like almost instantaneous. And I said, oh, crap, I'm going to be on YouTube. And here's my next thought. I'm going to be critiqued. I'm going to be criticized. I don't know enough. I don't talk well. I make up words. Right? Like, I tell bad jokes that aren't funny anymore, apparently. Like, there's something, like, it just, it was like this cloak of, oh, my goodness, why did I agree to this? And I, I wish it was just that and it was over, but it, it continued for weeks. Like, this has been, this has been probably three weeks of testimony. Uh, my blood pressure went up to 198 over 120. I could get higher. What? Um, no big deal. Uh, I got headaches. Like I was on a business trip. I actually turned around and came home because I was so sick. Like there was just something waiting. Outside, things were coming at me. Family issues, work issues. Like and all I could think about was just dwelling on this, this thing of, oh, my goodness, what is this? Even Carrie, my wife, told me, she said, she's like, I've never seen you like this. Never seen you like this. Like, we've gone through some stuff, too. Like, we've been in church. I was born on Tuesday in church on Saturday. That's a true story. Like, I've been in church 48 years. We've gone through some stuff. But something was weighing so heavy on me this time. 
that it was, it was crippling. Literally, like, I'm like, okay, God, like, what is going on? And I begin to, it, it brought up, it re-brought up this comparison route, right? Like, there was obviously something that I had kind of cut off the dandelion, but it started to sprout up again, right? I don't know about you guys, I love lawns. I will mow my lawn and just sit there and look at it afterwards for a long time. I love it, right? But you know when you mow those, those dandelions off, it looks so pretty, but you've done nothing except cut off a, a surface thing, right? And it looks so green and pretty. And this is what I feel like God was doing in my life this week over those last three weeks. It was like, listen, there's something deep in you that needs to be uprooted and destroyed. And I feel this for the church. Romans 12. You could turn there if you want to follow. You can put it up on the screen. I'm going to read for a little bit. And my prayer for you, and we're actually going to stop for just a second. I want you to change your mindset for just a second. I want you to just close your eyes for half a second. I want you to, to pray to the Lord. And something we've, we've asked this question every week. Lord, what do you want me to learn today? What do you have for me? So God, we just say, speak to us from your word. Therefore, I urge you, I think any time somebody says urge you in the Bible, you should pay attention. In view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, this is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Man, this is, this is just so on of what we've been hearing for the last several weeks, right? Great confirmation. And I just want to stop. I highlighted this. Don't conform to the pattern of the world. What, what we're about to hear is not going to line up with what you're hearing right now. This is counter culture. And so we need to pay attention to this, right? Because we're the body of Jesus. We're on mission together. Then you will be able to test and approve that God's will, what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by grace given me, I say every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. Don't be proud. Don't be arrogant. Don't allow comparison to birth pride and arrogance in your life. But rather think of yourself with sober judgment, in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. This is my kind of teaching right here. Just make it simple. If you're going to do this, do it. Hashtag no elaboration needed. If it's to encourage, then encourage. If it's giving, then give generously. We just learned about that. If it's to lead, do it diligently. 
If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. We don't hear that very often. Counter culture. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Protect it. Defend it. Be devoted to one another in love. Listen, honor one another above yourselves. Never lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. I want to remind you, he's talking to the church. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony. Everybody say harmony. harmony. Say it better. Harmony, harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. I read this passage and almost... As instantaneous as I felt fear, I felt release. That was a good feeling. After weeks of feeling like I was going to die physically, emotionally, spiritually, walking in fear. I made deal with fear. I don't deal with fear normally. This was a new experience for me, but it is something that, that has helped me understand what people deal with a little bit better. I've never had anxiety. I was golfing, of all things, with my friends at work, and I couldn't catch my breath. Pure anxiety. Like, stuff going on inside of me. And almost as instantaneously as that came on me, I felt a release and a freedom. Can I just tell you, you don't know what freedom feels like till you're free. And I feel like God wants to do something in our lives today when it comes to this area. I want to focus on this word harmony. I love harmony. I love music. I love what it does. Even the Bible says it is a beautiful thing when brothers dwell together in harmony. Like this is a picture of God. This is the picture of the body working as it should. When there's harmony, there's no comparison. When there's harmony, it's every part. Every part coming together creates something absolutely beautiful. There's no conceitedness. There's no pride in harmony. There's everybody understanding what their part is and executing it beautifully. Can I just say real quickly, because I feel like somebody else needs to hear this. I've been given gifts from my God. I'm a part of the body of Christ. Me, Chris Odegaard, has been saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Spirit. My name is written in the Lamb's book of life. I have been called by him. I have been chosen by him to be his worker, to take his gospel to everybody I come in contact with. He's filled me with the Holy Spirit so that I could be his witness and so I could be a part of the body of Jesus and build the kingdom of God. And that is every single person in here that has made this declaration. I love the declarations today. I love the baptisms today. Because there's something that, that needs to be established 
in my life and in your life today, and that's this. I am declaring who I am because of what he's done. And it has nothing to do with you or me comparing myself to you. We're going to try something. We're going to try something. We good? All right. I want to give you guys a couple examples of harmony. So if you could just close your eyes for a second and just listen. Listen as we, as we play this real quick. Go ahead, guys. pretty? Wasn't that gorgeous? Come on, everybody was playing their instrument. Everybody was using their gift. Wasn't that gorgeous? I... You guys have a problem with that? Then why do, we choose, why do we do church like that? Why do we follow Jesus like that? See, harmony is a beautiful thing when it's done right. But I, I feel like this is one of the biggest problems that we have in the big church. We have a common denominator. I don't know if you noticed this. Probably some of you guys who love music. There was a note right at the beginning that set everybody up, right? And they, they would tune off of that note. Yeah? Right? So we have this common denominator, Jesus. We have this tone. We, we know what to follow. And then it's, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, whoa, whoa. What happened? What happened? There's no harmony. There's no harmony. But let me, let's go ahead and play that second one. Because here's what's happened. This is so beautiful. This is perfect. This is what happens when harmony happens. Same thing. Same, same instruments. Go ahead. Come on, crank this. Everybody ready to go? Thank you. Big difference, right? Come on. Everybody knows who that is, right? Indiana Jones. I'm ready to go on an adventure right now. Give me my hat. Give me my, my whip. Let's go get something done together, right? And this is the picture of, man, what a beautiful, beautiful example. This is you bringing your gift into the body of Christ Working with the person sitting next to you, across from you, and just creating something beautiful. I love it. I love it. I love Indy. I love Indy. It's really beautiful when something happens in an intimate way. I don't know if you, have you guys ever noticed how Pastor Zach always, anytime he starts talking about intimacy, he looks over to the, to the young adults and he says, hey, this is going to make you feel a little bit awkward. 
I think it's more awkward for the old people. I think the young people have no problem with intimacy. So I want to talk about my wife in there, just for a second. Because there's something, there's something that, that we do that is just, it's amazing, it's beautiful, and it's special. We go to Disneyland. You guys are sick, what's wrong with you? It's something that we both enjoy. It's something that we both really, uh, we like to do with our family. And then we had an experience the other, last year. We went without our kids for the first time. And can I tell you, it was awkward. Like, she'll tell you, it was awkward. It was different. We had to, we had to learn a whole new way of doing Disneyland. But we endured. <laughs> we dug deep together. She brought her gifts. I brought my gifts. We butted heads a little bit because my gifts in Disneyland are buying food and everything else that I see that I want. Her gift is not letting me. And the, <laughs> And it creates something beautiful and harmonistic, which means I don't get anything, but just kidding. Second Corinthians, or excuse me, First Corinthians 12. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. Your gift is not your own. Your gift has nothing to do with you. Your gift was given to you. I keep coming back to this, like, for me, what comparison? I didn't do anything to get it. It was freely given to me. I will freely give. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them, and in everyone is the same God at work. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. I really want you to pay attention to this. This is huge for us today. To one is given a message of wisdom. To another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of the tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. He distributes them to each one. Just as he determines. Just as a body, though one has many parts, sound familiar, but it has many parts, or, but all its many parts form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, should the foot say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body? It would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong in the body, 
it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in this body, every one of them. Let me just stop. But God has placed the parts in River Valley, every single one. Just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. The eye cannot say, I don't need you. I cannot say, I don't need you. And I cannot say in the same breath, you don't need me. On the contrary, those parts of that body seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable comparison, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unrepresentable comparison are treated with special modesty. Listen, I don't get to define how important you are. God does. In the same breath, I don't get to disqualify the importance of what he's given me and steal that from you. I don't get to disqualify and hold back the gift that God has given me. I cannot do that. Now, you are the body of Christ. Verse 27. Actually, I'm going to go back up. Sorry. Verse 24. While our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now, River Valley, you are the body of Christ. Online, you're the body of Christ. Each one of you is part of it. And God has placed in this church, in his church, Apostles, prophets, teachers, miracles, gifts of healing, helping, guidance, different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all pastors? Are all drummers? Are all youth leaders? Sorry. That was terrible. Do all speak in tongues, do all interpret, now eagerly desire the greater gifts. This is the, the, the revelation for me, that Kairos moment. I have gifts you don't have. That's good. It was given to me so I can use it for your benefit. That's better. You have gifts that I don't have. That's good. And they're for my benefit. It's even better. 
The gift of giving needs a gift of receiving. And this is where unity really starts to work. Take those off so I can see your faces. This is no easy thing because we're human. We've got history. I've got 23 years of history. I like to use Tim as an example because we've heard several times one of, the, one of the things against the eldership is that it's his brother-in-law and his best friend, which is true. It's a fact. Uh, what you don't know, Tim and I do enjoy a lot of similar things. But we are very different. What you haven't seen is the fight. We've contended for the relationship we've had or that we have currently. We've sat in that office and it wasn't friendly, but it always was rooted in love. And if there was ever an example of unity, I use this one because it hasn't been fun sometimes. I would say we probably agree. We probably, if we didn't have Jesus in our lives, had thrown some blows. I'm not joking. Why? Because we're dudes. We're fighters. We're pretty defensive. Mostly him. <laughs> right? Like, like, there's something in us that wants to stand and not be moved on a lot of different topics. But what we've learned how to do is live in harmony with each other. And what we said years ago, and what we've had and what we've tested, we've had to resolve it over and over and over, is right now in this moment what matters most. And it's the kingdom of God. It's the church. It's you. Going from the first audio that we heard to the flawless execution of Indiana Jones pumping us up did not happen overnight. It happened decision after decision after decision after decision. Each one, think about this for a second, each one perfecting their gift so that they could bring it into the symphony and make something beautiful. This is where the responsibility for us today happens. When each one of you gets before God, and first of all, we repent. I don't know about, the, about you. Anytime I have a new revelation, anytime there's a Kairos moment, my first response to him is, I've been out of line. Bring me into alignment. That's repentance. Just bring me into alignment. Holy Spirit, bring me into alignment with you. Where have I been off when it comes to unity? believe in our hearts, there are moments that you are justified to leave. But I believe that God, in those moments, is saying, will you be compelled by love to stay in unity? 
Will you fight? I don't know about you. Actually, I do know. You are imperfect. I am very imperfect. And until I hear that trumpet sound, I'm going to keep getting better. But until I hear that trumpet sound, I'm going to be flawed. Until I see Jesus bust through the sky with all of the angels, I'm flawed. And I need your grace. And I need your mercy. And I need your forgiveness. And I need you to over and over and over compel me and kick me to stay in unity with you. And in the same way, I want to help you. And I want to nudge you. And I want to encourage you to not give up. Don't give up on unity. Don't disqualify the gifts of your life. But in the same breath, I'm saying, don't get arrogant in them either. Stay humble. That's, it just keeps coming back this way. In all humility, honor others. Do this. I have one more illustration for you guys. You guys doing good? Are we right? Okay. I got one more illustration. I need, uh, I need an accuser of the brethren. I need a devil. Uh, Nate. Come on up, come on up. Uh, I'm, I'm going to use me as an example, but I'm going to have a, a, a stunt double, and I, the closest one I could come up with is Toby. Toby, come up. All right. Toby and I, they could interchange us on a movie you would never know. All right. Uh, this is the picture I have for you. Uh, no offense, bro. Does Toby have a chance? I'd make them take off their shirts and go skins and shirt, but that probably would be too much, right? Okay. Uh, Either do I against the accuser. On my own, when I stand by myself, I don't have a chance. I'm scrappy. I think Toby's scrappy. Nate might get a scratch on him, but I think ultimately... Toby would have to submit. And if we go, we go big picture, Toby would die. But, but when I'm wise, and see, I was convicted of this. This isn't, this isn't just me with a good idea. Uh, somebody challenged me on this. I was, sharing, I was sharing the things I was going through over the last several weeks, and somebody was like, oh, really, that's weird, because I never got a text to call to pray for you. Touche. <laughs> I was convicted. So here, here's, what, here's what I believe my responsibility is to defend and protect unity in my way. Zoe, Lisa, both of you. Just face him. There we go. We'll just face each other. Get you right here. Did Toby's chances get better? <laughs> I would agree. I would agree. Uh, Carter, Joel, Corey. 
girls in the back. Go ahead. Kaylee, Carly. Go ahead. Come, come on around. Let's just, let's just intimidate him just a little bit. No, I mean, you're, you're good. I want her here. All right. We're getting this on camera. In about like three seconds, we're going to attack Nate. It's going to be great. I just want to make sure. I just want to make sure the cameras are rolling here. Did Toby's chances get better? Yes. Did my chances get better? Yes. Okay. But see, here's what the devil doesn't know. We have a secret weapon. What is the devil scared of most? <laughs> we, got, we got a Jennifer Jolliffe in the house is what we have. And I don't think this boot right here would shake any worse than when this one comes at you, right? Listen. I fail. I die when I separate. I die when I separate, but I win. We win. Church, we win when we have harmony. You guys can sit down. Thank you guys so much. Listen. The greatest enemy to unity is me. The kryptonite to unity is me. When I listen to the accuser, and I begin to believe him over the word of God, Even if I'm still showing up on Sunday, even if I'm still showing up and preaching on Wednesday, even if I'm still playing my instrument, I'm robbing you of the gift when I'm not in harmony, when I'm not pursuing, when I'm not fighting, when I'm not defending when I'm not in community, when I'm not in relationship, when I'm not willing to go through the trenches and the mud and the disgustingness of what relationships look like sometimes. My challenge for us today is to defend unity. Don't be distracted. I think the time is getting short. I think Jesus is coming back. I hope it's really, really soon. I hope he's coming back soon. And then again, I hope he waits just a little bit to see this church become unified and accomplish the mission, mission and seeing people get saved, seeing people get transformed, seeing people get delivered, seeing this body understand the value that each of you have and begin to bring that for the benefit of the rest of the body.
there is something in you that I hope is stirring today. You have something beautiful. It's not going to look like me. Amen. It's not going to look like Tim. Amen. It's not going to look like Pastor Zach. Amen. It's going to be the gift that God has given you. And it's going to be beautiful because he's given you that gift. And you're the one using it. Holy Spirit, thank you for your word. God, I pray that you would do what only you can. Bring the fruit. In Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening to this message from River Valley Church. Do you know someone who would be encouraged by it? make sure to share it with them this week. Again, for more content from us, please check out our website at rivervalleyboise.com.